Sean T, and it's time to trust and believe. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm so excited to talk to you guys today because I just believe for some reason in life men just have a hard time expressing their emotions to other guys you know it's kind of like we get together and we just you know we act like you know we kind of have it all together and i just know that you guys are like all about just being really transparent with your emotions and your feelings so when you ask me how i'm doing even though i feel like i should be asking you how you're doing because it's my podcast (laughs) um you know I'm pretty good, but I'm definitely ready for a break. I think most people have been in this pandemic and they have, so what I'm looking for, you feel like, oh, I'm home, so I'm going to be more relaxed and I'm home and I have like a little bit more freedom or whatever it is, comfort. And for me, the pandemic has actually made me work harder and I'm just exhausted, you know, I've I've been the same way, man. The last couple weeks, my motivation to work has been through the roof. Like I have just dove in headfirst on so many of the different projects that I'm working on. And I don't, I didn't know why, but I think it is that. I think it's that undercurrent of stress that you just you got to put it somewhere. Yeah, and I think um, I, I even though like it's it's interesting. I was talking to uh, Chip who works with us in. You know, he sent me a message. He was like, I remember you wanting to talk about Suicide Prevention Month, not to go like super deep there, but it's just really important. I just know that through this pandemic, I've seen a lot of, uh, for some reason, articles come up on people who have been suffering from mental health in the worst way. And I think people are just so afraid to, number one, state the fact that they're going through something really tough. And number two, I think that's just it. They're just so afraid to state it. And then they're unable to work through it if they're not able to state it. So when you say, how are you? I'm making a point. When anyone asks me how I'm doing, I'm going to tell you exactly how I'm doing. (laughs) Nice. We appreciate that. Yeah, that's... It's important because, you know, I know you do this with your show and it's kind of the focus of what we do is, is just trying to normalize the struggle trying to make it a little less lonely when you're when you're in those darkest times and um so it is it's just so important and it, like you said men don't do that enough it's all you know beer and football and how's work and and that's sort of where it where it ends so um you know the more voices we have like yours and like ours that can normalize this experience for men i think only serves to strengthen yeah. all of so us. how are you zach what's going on with you I'm good. I'm actually on vacation right now. We uh, 
we got a, an Airbnb and at the beach in Cape Cod. Uh, yes, and it's you know I I don't think I realized how much I just needed a change in scenery. Like for the most part, we're doing the same thing here that we do at home, but in a different environment at the beach, and it's been so lightening for my mood, for my health, for for everything, my family, even just you know we're we're still all together, but in a different place, and it's been so great. <laughs> you know, uh, Scott and I always talk about if we ever get into like a disagreement or an argument, you know, because it's marriage, it's married life. We always yeah, make sure. a pact that if we start to feel overwhelmed in this situation, we change the scenery. Like if we're in a bedroom, we'll, or if we're in the house, we're like, we're just going to go for a walk. Even if I don't want to talk to you right now, <laughs> you know, it's just like going mm-hmm. for a walk and change the change of scenery is so interesting. You know, I'll be the first person to say when the pandemic happened, I was actually not happy that there was a pandemic, but I was happy to stay home because I was always on a road. So the change of scenery for me was getting up at 5 a.m., getting on a six o'clock flight, 630 flight, traveling somewhere, you know, over and over again, a few times a week, if not more. And, um, Mm -hmm. and then when the pandemic happened, I actually felt a sense of peace in the beginning because I was just like, wow, like this is so cool. Like I get to be, I put my kids to bed every night for 45 days straight. Like that had never happened before. And then, you know, kind of when you settle into that, now I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Like this is crazy. But besides changing locations and stuff, what are some other methods that you all use to kind of get through that mental tough state? You know, I, I had a moment uh, this week. For, for me, one of the bedrocks of everything I do is mm. meditation. It's it's the tool that I fall back on time and time again. And this week, I, I've had a handful of experiences like this where, where I do some really sort of deep work in, in kind of a quick time. But uh, I found myself uh, in my daughter's room after a couple of days, just, just kind of working around the house, just doing my thing, living my life. I kept getting bombarded with these memories as a child when I was like, for, for whatever reason, I was alone waiting for my mom to come out of the house where we were, and I was just screaming. I was just sad, angry, ashamed for a, a number of different reasons. And these moments, it was I describe it like when you're walking through your yard and you hit a spider web. It's just mm-hmm. out of nowhere and, and things I hadn't thought about in 20 years. And I just couldn't figure out why this kept happening. And so I was sitting in my, uh, in my daughter's room helping her fall asleep, just kind of holding her hand. And I decided, you know, I'm going to take a minute and just meditate on these thoughts and figure out what is, what am I, what am I having these memories for? And I'm just holding her hand, and I recognize that she's holding, um, you know, you know what the Porg is from Star Wars, oh. the little puppet, like the bird thing. She's holding her little puppet that we got her in Disney World when we were there as the pandemic, wow. came. like a month later, everything locked down. So that was our last real normal experience. And I felt my hand touch it, and I flashed back to normal. And it felt really like, oh, man, I remember that. Okay, that's how life was. And then in, in an instant, the dots all connected that I was having these same feelings of grief and fear and sadness for what I've lost. And I hadn't really processed it. I've just been surviving, right? I've just been getting mm-hmm. my kids through school, been doing work. And in that moment, I recognized I was having those 
thoughts, those memories, because it was my body saying, you need to work through this. The only way over anything is through it. And you need to sit with this feeling and, and recognize that grief and, and acknowledge it and let it go so that you can move forward. And so to me, that's just one example. I've had a handful of, of moments like that over the years, but every time, uh, if, if I can't tell what's going on, if I, if I'm struggling, if there's stress, it's, I, I always turn to meditation because so often I find the answers are already in me. I just need to, to quiet the other voices and, and listen to the, to the guiding. Yeah. I think it's so interesting. Uh, meditation is becoming more mainstream. Um, you know, there's a bunch of different apps out there. Uh, I know meditation helped me a lot when I was going through really bad anxiety last year, or maybe it was the year before. I don't even remember now because of where we are in life. Um, <laughs> actually started with the Headspace app and then Mm -hmm. Calm and then now I know how to go there on my own because it's, you know, some people need direction. But what do you say for those people who are like, no, but you're just sitting there like who who like, you know, discount meditation and they kind of throw it away. Yeah. Uh, So I'll, I'll, um, I can speak to that one because I am, I've got super high anxiety um, my, I, I was tested a few years ago and they were showing me the results and they're like, here's the top of the scale. Like here's 10 and you're way above that on the anxiety level. And I didn't quite realize that. And, um, I started doing yoga at the same time and I can't sit still. Like it, it just, uh, I can't sit still and focus on my breathing. There's something about it. Um, I want to crawl out of my skin. It just, I Mm. cannot do it. It's so hard for me to do. But yoga, on the other hand, is a lot of the same, um, you know, breathing and the mindfulness portions of meditation, but you're moving and you're keeping yourself, um, for me anyway, I'm keeping my body active um, and distracted from anything that's going on in my body. And I think for me, like I, I did yoga today just to, um, just to wind down a little bit that for me, that's my meditation. Um, it keeps me in a meditative state, um, just breathing throughout the entire practice. As long as you're breathing, when they tell you to breathe, um, it gives you that benefit of meditation without having to sit still. Yeah. And I, and I think too, that I, I get that, that, um, that point of view that it is just sitting there and you're not really doing anything. But if, if that is your experience, then I don't think you're you're opening yourself up to it. I think you're judging your own action. And if you can through tools like Headspace, Headspace is great because it's it's not perfect. It's not a, it's not exactly meditation, but it is a great guide in helping you learn how to do it. And as you've learned, you can get to a point where you can do it on your own, and you can do some really deep, really healing work um, if you can sort of get over that hump of learning to, to let go of the thoughts. In the yeah, I think that was what was interesting about Headspace. It really taught you how to let go. I think one of the most probably profound things that I learned is, especially as somebody who suffers from anxiety, is you kind of like dwell on the future. You know, mm-hmm. one a therapist once told me, you know, depression is dealing with stuff from that hurts you from the past and anxiety is all about the future and i had to kind of let go of the fact that i couldn't control what was going to happen and and yeah i'm sitting there like 
creating these scenarios of things that didn't even happen. So that particular app just helped me learn how to just like let things go by and not grab onto them and hold onto them and make them a part of, you know, reality when it's not really reality, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, yeah, you know, Zach, I wanted to ask you a question because I, I know a lot of people who suffer from um, anxiety, especially in one of my online groups. It's, it's really prominent. And what was the test like? I think I'm very interested in how they tested your anxiety. That's, that's really interesting. Yeah, it was a, it was really just a series of questions and, you know, how I react to certain things and what my thought process was, um, you know, uh, this was, when was that? It was almost eight, nine years ago. So it's, it's a little fuzzy, but it was, it was a series of interviews. Um, I want to say it was probably about six hours of, of like talking with a therapist who just asked questions. And I had to take a whole bunch of computer, um, tests of, um, you know, they'd pop up a random number and you'd have to click a or B or something like that. Um, it was interesting in that it was, there was nothing anxious about it yet out of the test, they were able to determine what my level of anxiety was. The next thing that's really important for people. A lot of people don't feel like they have the support or, you know, people outside of them look at mental health and they're like, Oh, it's just, you know, you just have to think differently. Like how do you feel supported? Right. And what do you tell people who don't feel supported? So uh, my wife is extremely supportive. Um, she is, so I battle depression. I have my entire life and she will see it before I will. I have a really hard time um, coping, or not coping, but recognizing when I have it. And a lot of times it just stems from being mm. overwhelmed. Stuff will just build up, just normal day-to-day stuff, and it just gets to be too much. And that's when my body starts to shut down and wants to go into a depressed state. Um, and she'll see, like, you know, I'll snap at the kids. I'll, like, I'll do something that is out of the ordinary, that... Um, that just shows that I'm struggling somehow. And, and she'll say, you need a break. What, whatever you need, t- go for a, at one point, go to the movies, take a walk, go for a drive, go wherever. Do what you need to do for you because sticking around, you know, powering through isn't doing any of us any good. We, we want you to take care of you so you can show up for us. But when you, when you ignore yourself and you don't do that work for yourself, you're you're not the person that you want to be for us. And so she's a, she's a really good guide. And, but it's taken years for us to sort of find a path to have those conversations without, without me feeling offended, without me feeling like, no, I'm just tired. Leave me alone or, or whatever. Because she's always right. Like whenever she says, are you depressed? I'll go, I, I didn't, you know, I hadn't considered it. But yes, clearly that's what's going on. And sometimes I'll argue with her for mm-hmm. a day or two and then go out. i once again, I should have listened to her. Um, so I, I think it's important if you if you um, have someone in your life to have the conversation with them about your anxiety or your depression, and and it's hard because you know I still really struggle with telling her what I need from her in those moments. I don't I don't always know what kind of support I need. Um, a lot of times, I just need to sit in a dark room for three days by myself and just be there and and sort of removed from everything to to recharge and she's cool with that i'm not cool with that i feel like i'm letting everyone down i feel like i'm a huge failure as a father and a husband and and everything else but there's something in me that that when i don't address those issues 
presents itself that way. So just being open and, and talking to the people around you about what you're going through and, and just expressing how you feel is, is I think, the way you open the door to getting the help from them. Yeah, it's also, you know, when you're going through something like that, your mental health journey, I mean, it's it could be embarrassing, right? Because you feel yeah. like yeah. you are the burden. And that's why it's totally. so, I love to hear that your wife is so supportive and is able to recognize when you're in that state <laughs> and sometimes before you. It, it's been really hard for me to admit that I'm having like a lot of anxiety and I'm super overwhelmed because people look at me as like Sean T and like, you know, he has it all together. And I'm like, yeah, in the good times, I really have it all together. But sometimes it's so overwhelming. My wife is, I I will say that my, uh, my wife has been my saving grace. She's, she's my best friend. She's, um, when we met, my anxiety was, was fairly crippling. I wouldn't speak up in a room. I wouldn't, you know, express my own ideas. I would stay in the back. I just had no confidence, no, um, ability to, you know, think that I could contribute anything to any situation that I was in. It was, it was a really negative and dark time for me. And she was, um, interestingly enough, she was one of the first people in my life to, you know, say, Hey, you should, you should say things. You're kind of smart sometimes. Um, she held those comments to (laughs) rare occasions, but, you know, (laughs) but she encouraged me to, you know, get out there and, and, um, face my anxiety a little bit. And, you know, sure enough, I, I started saying things, um, based on her recommendations and, you know, and my career kind of took off and, you know, people actually did think I was smart, but then it, it kind of went the other way. And then I got ahead of myself and I, I like Mm -hmm. to go, uh, I kind of go in all the way on something or not at all. And I discovered this journey of, oh, I can make changes to myself and better my anxiety. And I went, you know, 120% into it to the point where my wife actually had to reel me back in and say, you know, hey, you're, you're, you're doing a great job taking care of yourself. And I'm seeing all these great changes in you. But we have a toddler at home. And you going off to 10 day retreats or something that, and not being here for us all the time, that's a problem. So I, I need you to reel it back in a little bit, which was, you know, good. Cause sure enough, she was right. I had gone a little bit too far in this, you know, repairing myself because I saw that I could do it and I had the power to do it. So she's been so open. She's the one who encouraged me. She reeled me back in and now it's like, this really nice balancing act that she, you know, carries for our family. She lets me know when I'm going too far and she, you know, pushes me to go further when she doesn't think I'm going far enough. Yeah. I think that it really helps people out there know that I call them accountability partners is so important. You know, I I actually know a a good amount of people who've been through 12 step programs for for addiction of different sorts and alcoholism. And while I've never been through a 12-step program, it's like very similar in having that person there that is really, that can recognize, you know, when you're going down whatever path that is not the perfect path for you or when you're doing too much. And just having a balance is really great. I have another question for you guys. Um, 
This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm going back to the I mean I love how you have your 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 spouses really help you same with me but what about like your friends or like your male friends because it's just like I have I have found some male friends that are like so cool and so open and for some reason I've I think I've gotten lucky with having guys around that are down with me talking about mental health and like breathing and just meditation and whatever it is that I'm doing. But, you know, have all of your friends been supportive of this? Have have you had anybody, you know, not necessarily question what you're doing, but just kind of look at you sideways like, okay. Yeah, I've had um, one friend in particular who was, you know, he, I just remember telling him some of the things I was doing and he was... You know, he had a smile on his face, and he was like, okay. But um, for the most part, I mean, I, you know, I've always been an emotional guy and highly sensitive guy, and I prefer a deep heart-to-heart conversation with somebody over small talk any day. So my friend base that I've built over the years has really been, um, you know, similar types of people. Um if I can't have a deep conversation with somebody, I'm not super interested in, um, you know, making that relationship grow as much. Does that make sense? 100%. I totally get it. I mean, I think there has to be some sort of balance, you know, cause you do, there are friends, there are people out there that they just want to see the like super energetic, you know, positive, you know, side. And I'm like, okay, well I can see you at the party. Mm-hmm. But to have a friend, you know, if we went out on the boat, like, of course, I want to either have some drinks or laugh. But if we wanted to go to a place that was like, you know, I've been going through something and I want your support. Like, I love having people that can jump in there and like go there for a while. So I totally get what you're saying. Yep. Yeah, I've always I've always been the same way. In, in fact, for years, I thought there was something wrong with me because I I don't know how to small talk. I don't. A lot of times I don't get where they're going. I don't, it, it's it's almost like it's another language, and I don't know how to play in that world. And so um, I don't I don't have a lot of friends that that try to do that. I have some that they have walls, right? But like, it, but I know I see their heart, and I know who they are on the inside, and they may struggle to get that to come out of their mouth. But but I I know them, right? Um, but for the most part, the thing I hear a lot is, this sounds um, egotistical, but I, I hear a lot of envy. I hear a lot of, I, man, I wish I could be as disciplined as you. I wish I could do the things that you've done. You know, I've, I've worked out a bunch. I dropped 70 pounds. I quit drinking three years ago. I've, like, I've, I'm a different person than I was, you know, five years ago. And a lot of the people that 
I used to drink with all the time and that I used to live that kind of a life with are jealous that I've found a healthier, happier way to live. And they don't know how to flip that switch. And they say they want to, but they don't know how to flip that switch. And, you know, I I don't want to preach to anyone. I just, and like we do on our show, we're not experts, right? We're experts on what we do. We're experts on what our experience is. So I share with them, here's what I did. Here's the decision I made. Here's how I stuck with it. Um, and you know, at that point, it's it's on them if they really want to make that change. Um, but for the most part, yeah, it's it's mostly a lot of like, "Wow, how did you do it? Good for you. I'm proud of you." Um, but yeah, I'm I'm very much the same way. I you know, tell me more about your struggles and your pain and, and what you're really going through. You know, tell me all about that before you tell me how the Mariners. <laughs> you know, it's I, that's one of the main reasons why I hated. I use I hate used the word hate. I hate use the word using the word hate, <laughs> but I'm going to use it in this situation. It's one of the main sure. reasons why I hated living in Los Angeles because you would go to a party or you would go to just a function and people would be like, "What's your name and what do you do? How about what's your name? What do you enjoy? What's your life like? Like, tell me more about you." So anyway, let's talk more about your podcast, guys, because, you know, I think what we've talked about so far is really what people are going to get, which is the authentic you or authentic y'all, like I would say, (laughs) and just like that really deep down, down and dirty way of like living and and getting the truth. So tell me more about the, tell my listeners more about the podcast. I mean, I know, but tell the listeners more about the podcast. Sure. Yeah, so you know we we have to steal a line from one of your one of your former guests, uh, Robin Uh-oh. Roberts. We're ma- we're making our mess, our message. Yes. Um, oh my god. You know we it's it is there's nothing clean about getting healthier and um, you know fixing lifelong things and you know we're, we we want to show people that and especially men, you know it's okay to be vulnerable and through that vulnerability you can be stronger emotionally, mentally, physically, right? Um, Just being vulnerable and talking about these things. Jeremy and I were having these deep conversations about our own vulnerabilities privately. And there was a, you know, a significant boost for me to being able to air my vulnerabilities to somebody else. And then there was a bigger boost hearing him air his vulnerabilities back at me. And we really just thought to ourselves, you know, we, we, we need to share these conversations. We need to get this out there somehow and and show everyone that it's it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to talk about your feelings. Um, and that unless you, you know, that's the only way you're going to grow and, and get better um, and beat some of these demons is to really face them head on. So in a nutshell, that's kind of what our show is. We, we get on, we talk about our vulnerabilities. We talk about struggles that we're having because, you know, it, it, you know, Sean, you make it look easy, right? In some of the workout videos, right? You've got a great life and you may, you know, everyone makes it look easy to be happy and healthy, but it's not easy. It's really hard. So we want to make sure that people know that there's a struggle involved there. And as Jeremy said earlier, we're not, we're not experts in any of these various things that we do. We're experts of our own bodies. Um, so we bring on, you know, an expert that'll talk to us about, you know, certain things that we've found to be helpful, like meditation and yoga um, and working out. And, 
and interview them and talk about how we've put that into our our life and how it's made benefits and maybe how it hasn't worked for us and we've tried something different yeah and i, and I would go even a step further um beyond it's okay to be vulnerable i think it's mm. vital i think that if you're not open and you don't share your experience with someone else i think it is so much harder to have a real connection with someone and when you don't have a real connection you open yourself up to more anxiety more depression more loneliness more pain and so if hearing us you know share our struggle and share what's working or what's not working make someone else go oh god me too then i hope that it just alleviates that loneliness i hope it normalizes the situation for them a little bit because that's that's one that you know i go to therapy regularly and my therapist constantly is like yep you and everyone else that's a it's a totally normal thing but when it's just you in your own mm. head it can get dark so fast and so just hearing that other people go through what you go through is so crucial and without a podcast or something it, it's important to have a real person whether it is a therapist or your spouse or whatever i know for me therapy and and strangers it's often easier to be more open because there's less risk. There's less like, oh, if this person doesn't like me, well, I'll never right. see them again. But if I'm too open with my wife, then I've just done some damage that's going to take years to, to overcome. And I know that that's just a perception that I have. I don't think that's reality. I think she wants me to be very open, but it's so much riskier when it's someone that you genuinely care about what they're going to, how they're going to react. So I think that our show and shows like yours allow that space to feel like, okay, other people are, are going through this too. I, I, I'm on the same page as them, and this is less lonely now. Yeah, so I have a, a really quick question. Who came up with the name? Because it's pretty brilliant. I have to give credit where credit is due. It, is, it was 100% my wife who came up with it. Jeremy and I were going back and forth with you know, names like The Struggle is Real or something like that and it it you know my wife just kind of walked by one day and like threw it out as she was going by you know what <laughs> you should you should just call it the fit mess um with this with you know the way she said it she i think she was a little upset at me at the at that moment for for something <laughs> else but she's like oh my god because it, it's dude it's just messy it's so messy um and the name is really personal to me because that was you know, in thinking back, you know, the analogy that I, I had to come up with years ago to figure out how to make myself better because I, I was so down and deep into this funk that I, you know, I, I was hopeless for a long time. And the realization came to me one day when I realized that, you know, I didn't have to like, you know, if, if I had stuff all over the place preventing me from getting to the bathroom in my house, right? I, I don't need to clean up the whole house to get to the bathroom. I just need to clean a path to get to the bathroom, right? And I can come back and, and circle back and clean everything else up. But getting just getting to the bathroom, it's going to be messy. And that's the way I felt in my head was, you know, I can get to a place where I'm okay. And there's still going to be a big mess. And there's always going to be things that I, that I could go back and clean up more. Uh, to the day I die, I'm going to be cleaning things up and I need to be okay that, that it's messy, but I also need to be okay with where I am. I love that. 
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Um... And so, Jeremy, I have a question for you. What's the messiest thing you've ever done <laughs> that you thought you can somewhat be embarrassed about, but you're like, I went through this. I have to say it. You know, people need to know that I'm real. Yeah. I was invited to participate in what was supposed to be a reality show for HBO. And it was based on a group therapy um, situation. It's a... Uh, the, the methodology, I guess you would refer to it as, is, is called radical aliveness. Mm. And I just I had gotten to a point on this journey where I just kept taking all these small steps, and, and I, was in, I was very much in this place. I think I just watched Brene Brown's uh, uh, talk oh, on Netflix. I loved it. And, and I was all about just say yes. Every time, just whatever crazy thing comes, just say yes and, and take it on. And so my, my neighbor, who was uh, also my massage therapist, she sent me this link to this, this online... Uh, show that was basically an example of what this taping was going to be and she's like they're taking applicants to to film one of these i think you're crazy enough like me to try it and i was like yep i'm saying yes to this i'm just gonna try so i signed up and they accepted me and so they flew us down to malibu we spent three days at this like just amazing luxurious resort but in this group of 10 or 12 strangers we were put through these different exercises to really dig deep and really find some inner demons and let them out and you know part of it was uh, i think the scariest thing but the thing that has been by far the most profound experience i've ever had was the a breathwork session that we did i remember they had us lay on the floor they surrounded us with pillows and they were like just get the pillows are there because you're going to thrash you're going to like your body's going to just like convulse you're going to do these weird things and i was like ah, i'm i'm there's i'm not that guy i'm not going to be able to go that deep and they were like, we're going to just lay here and we're going to breathe like this for 45 minutes. And I just thought, this is going to be horrible. How am I going to do this? And so I'm laying there. I'm doing the breath work. They're banging a drum. They're singing this Native American music. It was just this beautiful moment. And I'm, I'm breathing. I'm looking up at the ceiling. And all of a sudden, the ceiling melted and twisted and just took me on this, like, through this, like, tunnel of light to my childhood and these moments where I was reaching out for comfort from a loved one. And it was like, it was just out of reach. And this whole experience was about uh, what I took away from it was stop trying to reach for that because it's never mm. going to happen. You're never going to get what you're looking for. And so much of my life has been trying to 
make that connection with anyone, right? Trying to find that same acceptance, that same love from that person that I wanted it from. And in that moment, my my spirit, my guide, whatever whatever you want to refer to it as, was just like, just let that go, because it's never going. You're never going to fulfill that. And I just hmm. wept, like my my hands were tingling, they were on fire. I was I was kicking, I was thrashing, and it was all very involuntary. And it was in a room full of people, but they were all doing the same thing. And you know, you come out of it, and some of them were communicating with the dead. Some of them were doing the same thing, going back in time. Some were just, you know, it was just, it, w- it wasn't that powerful. It's different for everyone, but to be that vulnerable in front of in front of not only a room full of strangers, but there are cameras in your face while you're screaming and wailing and crying and reliving mm. trauma as a child. I don't know if it gets a lot messier. Than it's that. so interesting you talk about that because just a couple of weeks ago I had. Uh, gentleman as a guest his name is deandre sinette and he talked i don't know if you listen to that podcast but you know i go there in my dreams most people have dreams where they come out of the dreams and they're like i had this really weird dream and i didn't know where i was when i not as much now as before therapy but before i went to therapy my dreams were so unreal to the point where i would be i would wake up and i would be standing up and I would wake up to points where Scott would be like kind of bringing me down. So it's yeah. just, you know, everyone has just a different experience with their mental state when it comes to their, the trauma of their past. And I just think it's, 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 it's fascinating. Or it is just a different way of experiencing reality. That's been one of the biggest hurdles for me to get over in this whole thing is, you know, a few years ago, I don't know if I would say I was a full on atheist, but I was very much a this is a rock. We're here by accident and whatever happens is going to happen. Um, I am by no means a religious person, but I have become very spiritual and very open to the idea that there is just energy. There is something and we can manipulate it to some degree. But the less we try to manipulate it and just let it take over, the better mm-hmm. our lives mm-hmm. are. It's so I actually. Oh. You guys are going to love some of the podcasts that I have coming up uh, because it just kind of goes there. It takes, you know, I wanted, even with today's, like, filming with you guys, it's just like taking people on a journey that they don't necessarily experience when they wake up or go to work or go to a party. It's like, we know that you're out there and you're driving your car or you're listening or watching this on YouTube, we know that you experience these things and you probably feel a little strange or a little weird. And I think conversations like this help, you know, help you. I'm talking to the listener right now, help you understand that you are right. not alone in your thoughts and in your feelings when it, when, when you're experiencing these things. Um, so Zach, what is uh, one of the messiest things you've been through? Mr. Fit Mess number two or one, I should say, because your <laughs> wife named the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, there, there's so much. Um, there's been a lot of messy situations, um, and I would have to say that you know the I was in therapy one day, and my you know growing up at a um, a mother who was, you know, negligent to the point of, um, you know, criminal charges could have been pressed against her. Um, you know, as a five and six year old, she would leave my sister and I home for four or five days at a time. Um, just in child protective services had to come in and take us away. And it was a, it was a, I thought it was normal. I thought all kids were raised that way. Um, Mm. and it was, 
and I thought that my mother was perfect and I thought that, you know, I held her up on this pedestal and I just remember being in therapy this one day and coming to terms with the fact that she was negligent. She made wrong choices and she wasn't this perfect person for me. Um, and that just destroyed my whole sense of identity. Um, mm. and, and took years to recover from that one. Um, just this pedestal I had her on that I, I just thought it was normal to leave your kids home. And, um, Jeremy likes this story because, you know, I, I didn't have any food in the house and my, I would eat raw hamburger out of the fridge. Um, I just thought it was normal. This was all normal. Um, I, and I got caught stealing candy from the store because, you know, stealing food from my sister and I, as a six-year-old, if you're going to steal food, you steal candy. So I, I think, you know, that, that was the messiest that ever got for me was that, that shattering of the image of, mm. of who my mom is and the realization that it was, it was not a good situation. It was a traumatic situation. Um, and it really shaped this raw anxiety that I have. And it shaped it to be more of a crippling anxiety and made the mess messier. But by realizing that, I could unravel it and start to come back from it. Isn't it quite interesting that, you know, even being, you know, a sexual abuse survivor myself, you know, some of us know that this is not right. Like I knew it wasn't right, but I conform my mind to saying this is fine and I'm going to do what I can do to get through it, to protect my family, whatever. And, you know, and I'm in, I'm not a therapist, but I wonder if at any point when you were that age, you actually thought it was wrong, but you just made it okay. And then going to therapy kind of made you you know, accept what you kind of thought in the first place. I'm not trying to bring it up again, but I'm just saying other people may have, may have thought that it, and that's why guys, this is, you know, Zach, what you just said is the number one reason why people are afraid to go to therapy in the first place, because Mm -hmm. they have to face the pain. And she's probably going to hate that I'm saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Like my mother-in-law, we talked, I don't know, like six, seven, eight years ago. And, you know, Scott and I would be like, go to therapy, go to therapy. And she was like, I don't want to relive the pain. And we would try to tell her, like, yeah, but, you know, and it's hard to say this, but after, like, after you deal with this, it, it you, you, like Scott says, after he dealt with therapy and he and I got married and he met me and we went through healing, that he finally saw life in color. And there are a lot of people that are, Scott calls it black and white or they're just seeing it like one dimensional it's just like if you see life as just a flat picture there's a telltale sign that you need to you know go to someone talk to someone so that it can become 4D you you need to live in it you know guys yeah yeah well it, I think more than um, <clears throat> I have friends that that I, I see them carrying that weight I see them carrying their pain and not dealing with it and so to anyone who says I don't want to face that again just just look at your own hands you're carrying it around every single day of your life every choice you're making the way you're living your life is is based on the fact that you're not dealing with that stuff and the only way to get over that stuff is to go through that stuff 
and and to sit with it and really feel it and acknowledge it and give it the time that it deserves because then it goes away and then the bags get a lot lighter and eventually you let them go and you can you can take on so much more when you're not carrying all that pain around because that's what you're doing if you don't deal with it you're dealing with it every day in a much less healthy way yeah i love how you say you're still carrying it around a lot of times i tell people it's not about the weight it's about the baggage you carry in your life i mean yeah yeah and one conversation can help change your mindset and your world Guys, I want to talk forever. <laughs> we have to hopefully <laughs> we would say plan something. I know. Um, is there any other thing you would love for the listeners to know, maybe about you each individually or the show? Because I really think that you guys and everyone out there listening to the fitness podcast is actually going to give you a sense of peace and understanding. And it's just another outlet for you to be able to know that you're not alone in your thoughts and feelings. But do you guys have anything left? I would say, you know, just, you know, the show for me is, is very, it's very personal. Um, we, we air, we air our laundry, um, in a way that can be very uncomfortable and it's so healthy for us. I, I, I can't restate this enough that just, and this was terrifying in the beginning, just getting on to our show and putting out there how we're feeling and what we're feeling, the struggles that we're going through, um, just makes me feel better, allows me to move and allows me to grow. So, you know, I, I just want people to know that this show is personal for me. If you, if you like it, you like it. If you don't like it, that's fine too, but it's, this is a very personal show for us. And, you know, it's, um, hard for us to share these things and, and, but we get a lot of positive feedback on it and it helps other people get through these stages sometimes as well. Well, and, and selfishly for me, a lot of this show is accountability, mm-hmm. knowing that every couple of weeks we're going to turn on a microphone and share what we're going through forces me in the times when the mic is off to think about how am I living my life and what am I going to bring to the next show and and what is somebody who listens to it going to get out of it so on a selfish level it serves that purpose for me a lot Um, on a less selfish level I would hope that someone finds a community in us finds a shared experience in us and like I've said a couple times I hope that it normalizes their experience and makes them feel less alone Uh, Because I know for me, when I'm lonely, it gets dark and it gets dark quick. So uh, the more that we can keep the light on and be there for each other, uh, you know, again, the the better it is for all of us. Guys, thank you so much for sharing your heart today. It's not easy to do. Uh, I know we all make it look like it's very easy to do, but it's not easy to do. And it took a lot of internal work to get to the place where you can share your true self and and be consistently internally reflective if you will it's constantly being able to look at yourself in the mirror and and know where you are and where you want to go even through the struggle Mm -hmm. so thank you guys so much i appreciate your time i love talking to you guys you guys are so fun thank you you've been a big part of of both of our journeys so it means the world to be on your show and, and to have these conversations with you it really yes. means so much so thank you for for everything you've done for us even when 
you weren't really there. It was just a video. But yes. thank you for Thanks. Well, just like I tell everyone, and I'm just happy that I'm get to tell, I get to tell you both face-to-face, I am your biggest fan because I just trust and believe. I trust and believe in you. 